0: You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode.
1: This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkness.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.
0: It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Bumps All through the night, mixing just a little bit of twain That girl sure can't do a thing Together, hillbillies
1: go insane Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain Podcast you won't ever change These two here, they got the recipe Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories And now here's your host Jerry and Tracy Pauline And their dog, Ninja.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Adam. And I'm Matt. And we are Graveyard Tales. I'm Jerry.
1: And I'm Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories.
0: We want to invite you out to see us, Hillbilly Horror Stories, EVP Mediums, and Macabre Melts at our live event in Nashville on October 20th. This paranormal event is at the perfect location, Hell Dark Aesthetics, better known as
1: Hell Nashville.
0: Where you can buy books on witchcraft, Aleister Crowley, or maybe you just want to buy an animal skull or a bundle of sage, maybe some tarot cards, or a Ouija board. Showtime is 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. All ages are welcome, and tickets are only $10. Now, you can get full access to all of us for just $10. Every ticket is a VIP ticket.
1: And EVP Mediums will be performing a Spirit Bop session.
0: Get your tickets from hillbillyhorrorstories.com or graveyardpodcast.com. Hey guys jerry and tracy welcome back to hillbilly horror stores tonight we have episode one zero er, not
1: a niner hey guys
0: did you just use a niner
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> hope you guys are enjoying the long weekend
0: for those of you who have a long weekend tracy seems to forget not everybody in the country gets it the long weekend well or everybody in this country does yeah but like it's not labor day everywhere
1: i know that's true And if you don't, sorry about your luck.
0: And you know, while we're on that subject, like when we do like feet, I I try to um, remember to do meters and stuff like that. So everybody outside of the country and I dead up forget most of the time.
1: I'm like, when do we do something about feet? (laughs) What have I been missing?
0: So I throw off, I forget about the measurements when we do temperature and stuff like that. that, So I'm trying to get better, but I'm going to tell you ahead of time, I just not thought about that. And there's some measurements in tonight's episode that I did not translate over so
1: sorry guys he says like
0: i am um, i forget that we've got some of our listener base outside of this country that use the metric system so anyways we uh want to give a big thank you to all of you that we had an awesome month this we past did. month it was amazing review wise patreon wise we had more new signups for patreon than we've ever had in a month you guys are awesome thank you so much
1: yes thank you guys and we had a A bunch of uh, people that joined our group today. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so fun. It's like we had a couple in the morning and then we looked again and it was like, bam. There's like 10 people all of a sudden. So we love that. The more the merrier and welcome to our group
0: we have a really cool show for you tonight and i'll be honest with you i had never heard of this place until like monday
1: oh okay and
0: i'll get into a little more about how how this show came to be but first we want to say a big thank you to all of our military and civil servants all over the world no matter which country you represent
1: yes thank you guys god bless you so much we love you
0: and of course if you're struggling with uh, anything going on with life, life can be very tedious at times and it can be a real downer that you've got people who are willing to talk to you, don't feel like you need to take a step that you really don't need to take. I know Amen. it sounded redundant. but No, but it the, makes sense. The reality of it is we all go through tough times. Some people um, handle it a little better than others at times. And then sometimes it's just the, the wrong time at the wrong place and it mm-hmm. just it seems so um, just Non-overcomable. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a word. I don't but,
1: know either, but I, I, I dig that word, actually. So, it's pretty good.
0: But you got help. You've got friends. You've got the Suicide Prevention Line in the United States, 1-800-273-8255. If you're more of a texter, like today's age for the most part is, seven four one seven four one, And you can always contact us, mm-hmm. Jerry and Tracy.
1: Absolutely. Through our
0: uh, email, Facebook page, phone numbers. It's all on our website. So, uh, you can do that, and also, of course, our group is fantastic for this. We mm-hmm. we have more people help each other out in our group than I was just telling Tracy yesterday about how out of everything that we've done, I am so proud of what we've been able been able to create as a support system.
1: Oh, I agree with you. It's it's really refreshing, and we appreciate you guys so much with your inputs.
0: Are we ready to get started on this story tonight? Of course. I want to jump right into it because this one's it's kind of a longer one. So okay, that's what she said. Oh. Um, <laughs> so anyways, so we did a few weeks ago, we did a story on Lake Lanier in Georgia, you'll remember. And we had a listener that sent us an email and said that there's a lake in her area that she thinks rarely gets any kind of publicity as far as like on paranormal shows or stuff like that. And she wanted to make me aware of it. So, Miss Juliet Brown, thank you for making me aware of crater lake in oregon
1: crater lake
0: so this place is pretty damn spooky
1: oh gosh now
0: i'm going to tell you ahead of time it's not one of those stories where there's going to be a ton of things where it's like oh my god that scares the death there really really isn't really i said really like five times you did so i really didn't do that what (laughs) the story is more about odd stuff that happens which the same thing with Lake Lanier, Mm -hmm. but there at least was some paranormal aspects of it. There's really not ghost-type paranormal stuff, but there's some weird stuff that goes on, so I think you're going to find this interesting.
1: I'm sure I will. All
0: right, so Crater Lake is a hotbed for strange disappearances, ghostly encounters, legendary beasts, Bigfoot himself.
1: He visited there?
0: He's been known to show up there a time or two. So before we get into all the spookiness, let's... Try to find out a few facts about Crater Lake. So Crater Lake is in southern Oregon, and it's the deepest lake in the United States.
1: Wow. How deep is it?
0: Well, it's so deep. <laughs> that was my bad, Johnny Carson. <laughs> it's the seventh deepest in the world. So it's right at about 2,000 feet deep, which I forgot to do the oh, meters. Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: It's also the clearest and the cleanest water in the United
1: States. Oh, and see, it's worth that then.
0: It was formed from a volcanic eruption at Mount Mozana over 7,000 years ago. So what happened was on this volcanic eruption, the blast was believed to be 42 times stronger than the eruption at Mount St. Helens in 1980 in wow. Washington. Do you remember, you remember that, right? That's
1: incredible.
0: No, that's a different show. This is Hillbilly Horror Stories.
1: You're dumb. Continue Anyways, on.
0: It expelled so much hot liquid magma. It just said magma, but I added the hot liquid. That the summit of the mountain collapsed and formed a giant crater. So over time, it kind of sealed itself off, and then it allowed rain and the melting snow to kind of fill in the crater, forming the lake.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I like that.
0: There are some cinder cones that were formed in the lake due to some uh, earlier eruptions, but only one of these managed to make its way out of the surface, so you can actually see it you mm-hmm. know, abovehand. In nineteen eighty five, Will G still named it Wizard Island.
1: Wizard Island. Yeah,
0: because he said it looked like it resembled a wizard hat sticking oh. out of the. Oh, well,
1: that's pretty that's pretty
0: neat. I've seen pictures, it really doesn't. So oh, maybe we don't? It, maybe it's changed a lot over the years. Oh. But I'm post I've posted some pictures so you'll be able to see it. So Native Americans inhabited this area way before the eruption and they believed it was a sacred place. Some believed that if you looked at the lake, you would die instantly. What? That's what they believed. Crater Lake went undiscovered by settlers due to the fact that local tribes would steer away visitors from going there. I so wonder
1: why that would happen.
0: Well, we'll get into it. Oh. After a hundred and some weeks, you should know eventually those questions will I all know. be answered. I
1: was just thinking of them now, though.
0: <laughs> so when the, when the Native Americans would be, you know asked about it or if there was anything mm-hmm. like in the area that they would always just deny the existence just, well, just don't exist so they just would conveniently leave it out whenever talking to settlers and stuff like that so there's so many legends about wizard island and the lake that um we're not gonna be able to cover all of them here trust me there's a bunch of them we're only gonna be able to scratch the surface and then there's so many other aspects besides that part mm-hmm. we'll save some we'll probably do
1: maybe a two-parter
0: no we won't do a two-part but maybe we'll do some of the other um native american legends during the Hibley shorts or something. Okay. Like we did with, uh, what's that one place we did?
1: South the, Carolina? The Triangle. Oh, the Triangle.
0: So one of the stories told by the Klamath tribe, I'm sure I mispronounced that. It could be Klamath, but the Klamath tribe starts with some of the members of the tribe returning from a hunting trip, right? So they stood at the top of the mountain and they noticed a lake below. Well, feeling like they probably had invaded some kind of forbidden territory, they left and set up camp pretty far away from it. Mm-hmm. One of the members though, of the tribe, he couldn't resist another peak, so he snook back to take a look. Oh, gosh. He said when he walked away, he felt stronger. Stronger? Yeah.
1: Well, that's not a bad thing.
0: So then he went back a second time. He said he felt even stronger after that. Then he went back a third time, and he went down the deep slope.
1: And he combusted.
0: No, he went down the deep slope, and he bathed in the water.
1: Oh! <gasps> Ooh, he's got some big cojones.
0: He does. So walking away after the bath, he said that he felt not only the strongest, but he also felt skilled. And he became the strongest, most skillful member in the entire tribe. So now all the other members decided they were going to do the same thing. So each bathed in the water and became faster runner and better hunters. This went on for a while until one day one of the Braves was kind of bathing in the water. And for some unod- you know, unknown reason... He decided that he was going to kill one of the water creatures that was in there.
1: Okay, well, that's stupid. What a dumb move.
0: I <laughs> know. So, several hundred lake creatures attacked and killed him.
1: Well, hey, that's what you get.
0: All of the warriors lost their newfound skills, so just <gasps> kind of like went away instantly. Oh,
1: man.
0: And they were no longer welcome in the lake. So, that's, you know, a little bit about the, the beginning of some of the Native American tales. But the lake's known for a lot more than just Native American Folklore. But
1: it was so nice in the beginning. They were like he was the lake was being nice, and then somebody had to be a jerk and go mess it up for everybody. It's
0: always the case. So this story surfaced around May of 2002 A woman named Maddie Hatcher, and she was from Georgia, Albany, Georgia. She visited the lake when she was a little girl. She was in a rowboat with some of her friends, and she said something about a block long swam underneath the boat. She described it as a dragon type monster.
1: That is long.
0: I don't know what. so she said. Can I do two of those a show?
1: I guess you just did.
0: Okay. So no one has made any other claims about dragons or anything in the lake since this happened. But if there is a dragon, it may not be the only cryptid that's living out there on the lake or in that vicinity. Crater Lake National Park has all kinds of stories, and obviously it's named after Crater Lake. So on June 8th or 9th, 1976, I guess they would not sure. Chief Park Naturalist George Morrison saw what he believed to be a Sasquatch-type creature.
1: hmm
0: He said it was crossing South Road at dusk, and it was heading into Ann Creek Canyon.
1: Ann Creek Canyon?
0: Ann Creek Canyon.
1: Okay.
0: He said approximately two years later, two park rangers reported seeing a large creature in the forest with a foul odor, and they said the creature started throwing pine cones at them. <laughs> <laughs> so there's... So you got some kind of Sasquatch type sightings.
1: Well, I don't know why he... He always gets talked about about being stinky. Um, that would hurt my feelings. He
0: got the cleanest water around. Babe! <clears throat> the Indians did it. Yeah. I'm sorry, the Native Americans.
1: Yeah, because you don't see what happened to them, yeah.
0: so... So anyways... So you got that. And we're breezing through just a bunch of the stuff. We're going to get into more details Mm -hmm. of some of these occurrences and stuff. You've had several deaths that have also taken place at at Crater Lake. Some pretty damn peculiar. So between 1926 and 1997, at least 13 people have fallen to their death due to steep slopes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There have also been several plane crashes, car wrecks. And recreational accidents. Two executives from United Motor Service, which is a subsidiary of General Motors, were found shot to death execution styles July 19th of 1952 at the park. Wow. Word kind of spread about it. People flocked to the site and it contaminated the whole crime scene. Oh, jeez. The crime remains unsolved today. Probably because they didn't.
1: That is so sad, man.
0: A number of suicides have also occurred here. Rangers have said they've reported seeing campfires burning on Wizard Island. And by the time people get out there to check it out, the fires are all gone. And there's no sign.
1: Of anybody? Of
0: anybody or of a fire. Jan Kerwin, who's uh, one of the Rangers, she witnessed a campfire outside the designated campfire area. And she said there was about 10 people surrounded by this huge fire. When she went to confront them, all the traces of any people in the fire were completely gone. And we're going to talk more about that story in detail in a little bit. There's been sightings of mysterious lights. And they said that these lights kind of streak across the sky, Uh almost like a meteor or something, but it's not meteors. So with that being said, obviously, UFOs are no stranger to the lake either. In February 1997, a jet pilot, he was like, he was not part of the military. He was just flying Uh his plane. But he, he reported that military aircraft were pursuing a UFO over top of the lake. He said he personally saw it.
1: He saw the UFO?
0: Yeah, and the planes, the the military aircraft chasing it. Also, he said that night a loud sonic boom was heard all across western Oregon.
1: That's amazing. I know, kind of spooky. It is very spooky. I'd be so scared to be, like, even in his plane flying. I mean, to see that UFO and then to see all the planes above it? Yeah. What would you do?
0: I don't know what I would do besides maybe urinate on myself, maybe defecate on myself.
1: Well, that's a little too much information, but I I would be in panic mode, I would think.
0: That's the same thing. So anyway, I've just given you, like I said, a little tease of all the activity that go on to Crater Lake to kind of show you the different types of activities that are going on, because it's pretty widespread. So let's look a little deeper into some of these occurrences. We told you that there were lots of Native American folklore, so let's learn a few more of those stories. Hey. The Klamath tribe said that if you gazed upon the lake, you would invite death and lasting sorrow. So that goes back to what we were talking about about saying just you for looking die. at the lake. Just for looking at it. The Modoc tribe, who lived on its, uh, I guess the border, really close to, for about a thousand years before they had the eruption of the volcano, and they said that the place is evil. They believe that it's home to dark spirits and and that people disappeared there. So the Klamaths hold the lake sacred. They believe that it's a crossroads of the spirit from above, which is a, a spirit of peace and goodness. They call the spirit Skell, like Skull, but with an E.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they also believe that there was a spirit of below, kind of like a little, you know, evil, evil type thing, devil type thing, who was the spirit of fire, darkness, and terror, and they called him Laos laos so they believe that a battle happened between these two entities and the mountain was collapsed after the scale the mm-hmm. godlike creature or character or whatever in the story once he kind of defeated the evil one he collapsed the mountain so it would uh, basically cover up the portal from Still the evil it off. one yeah it would seal it off and then he covered it with clear water as a sign of everlasting peace.
1: Oh, good for him.
0: But then, Skell kind of cast Laos's limbs into the lake, and he tricked the water animals in there, who were really faithful to Laos, into devouring him. Oh, gosh. So, they were just sitting there, and they're, you know, chewing and slapping and eating. Oh, and eating, having all all to filled. It. And then they came across his head. And then <laughs> that's when they realized, like- oops.
1: Hey, don't so I they, know you?
0: So they wouldn't touch it.
1: They didn't eat his head?
0: Yeah, they wouldn't touch it. And today, it can be seen sticking out of the water, but it's better known as Wizard Island.
1: Oh my gosh, you can see his head? Well,
0: it's just an island, but that's what the, the story was. Oh. That's what it was. Ooh. So, Leo's spirit is said to be um, at home right there on mm-hmm. that little island, sticking up Wizard Island. So technically, the Klamis version of Satan is living right there in Crater Lake.
1: That's scary.
0: So we're going to talk some more about some of these Native American legends and stuff, probably on Hilly Shorts this week, because I want to get to some of these other stories. So we talked about some Sasquatch sightings earlier. Supposedly, there have been two different Sasquatch killings mm-hmm. here at, on the uh, Crater Lake. Now, one reportedly was killed by a car when it was hit by a car, but the government came in and just whisked the body away, which, you know, that's what the government does.
1: Dang, they must be hiding in the bushes or
0: something. (laughs) So the other one was hit by a train. The train conductors didn't report it, though. He said that he was afraid that if he reported that to his bosses, they would think that he was drinking on the job.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Now, it's unknown what happened to the body of the second incident. Of course, the first one was taken away by the government, but there's no anything being said about what happened to the second body. So as interesting as these stories are, it's kind of hard to give them any credence with the lack of having a body or any trace of evidence such as hair or blood or beef jerky. (laughs) Beef jerky. We talked briefly about UFOs. Now, as far as UFOs go, there's not really a lot of detailed story here in that area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got the story we told earlier, which is probably the most detailed story. Now, there's also a video that I found on YouTube that I thought was pretty cool. It's back from 1949. And at the very least it's intriguing. It's only a few seconds long, but it's worth taking a look at. Mm-hmm. Just go put in UFO Crater Lake. Oh. And it's like I said, it's probably like 12 13 seconds long, but it shows this thing go through like a little saucer type thing.
1: Oh man. And it
0: flies over top. And it's it's like grainy footage and stuff. Like it
1: flies over the lake, not yeah. down in the no,
0: lake. No, It flies flies over the lake and like kind of goes behind a rock where you can't see it, but it's it's worth checking out if you if you haven't done it. So there's been some witnesses of of seeing some UFOs flying in formation over top of the lake. It says supposedly they're doing some kind of impossible maneuvers and buzzing over the tree line. There's also been a few people say that they've seen this entering and exiting the water itself.
1: Oh, that'd be cool to see.
0: So some have even seen it going into Mount Mazama itself. Which of course led to some theories and speculation of, like having a UFO base inside there, Mm -hmm. or a secret advanced underwater or not underwater, underground civilization.
1: Wow, that's awesome! I mean, I never would have thought of stuff being in a mountain.
0: And if you remember, though, this story came up before, similar with that at Mount Shasta we did, which isn't that far away from here. Mm -hmm. And Mount Shasta, that was one of the things was people think that there's a very intelligent um, civilization living inside the mountain so Mm -hmm. that's not a new story and those both of those places are really close to each other which probably helped to oh yeah spread that rumor there now some of this sounds like folklore speculation as you can imagine but the missing people are not and there are several of those stories that we're going to talk about and all this just gives a bunch of strange layers over this whole case of is there something paranormal going on at, at crater lake I keep wanting to say Camp Crystal Lake.
1: I know. It's kind of, <laughs> I have thought that myself, actually.
0: As a matter of fact, that's how the lake was discovered in the first place by a non-Native American is them searching for a missing person. Oh. So this goes all the way back to the interesting. beginning. So in 1853, a group left out of Eureka, California to find their lost friend whose name, oddly enough, was Set Em Up.
1: Set Em Up? Yeah. That's you'll hear, interesting. You'll hear
0: the story about that in a second. <laughs> He had mysteriously disappeared from a mining camp that was at the, the base of Mount Mazama. Set him up always came to Eureka, and he always had like a, a nice little amount of gold in a little satchel, mm-hmm. and he would throw it up on the counter, and he would be like, set him up oh,
1: everybody for everybody around. in the bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. So
0: that's how he got his name. Nobody knows what his real name was. Apparently, it got lost through history, so everybody just knows he must set him up. So after he hadn't been in town for a little while, some of his quote-unquote friends began to worry about him. More importantly, they were probably worried about his mine and his gold.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I probably wouldn't be flaunting that gold out there like that. <laughs> so
0: after a few years, then they start figuring, well, he's probably not around, so he probably doesn't need the gold anymore. And maybe us, being his friends, should be the one to go find it. Mm. And, you Because know, apparently this was his own little gold mine deal that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. So they decided to take out and look for it. Because, you know, being his loyal friends and all. So they had a rough idea about where this mine was, so they headed out. They grabbed some supplies from Jacksonville, Oregon, and they started to explore the forests that are right around Mount Mazama. They were following these rough directions that that set them up had given them in the past, and they hit a fork in the road. Half went to the left, the other half went to the right. They decided they would, you know, search like this and they would all meet back up at nightfall. So once the two teams split, they decided to split up again so they could cover more more ground quicker. At nightfall? No, not. Oh, this just is, the next this day? Is before they, this is before they met back up. Oh. So Isaac Skeeter, he went to the right. He's one of the guys who went to the right. And he got to a part where his horse decided it wasn't going to go anymore. It oh. wouldn't budge. So he was curious what the, what the deal was. So he gets off the horse. And he finds that he's at the rim of the lake, which uh-huh. you think, just think about this lake being like a giant bowl. Yeah. And the rim was just being the top, like you would yeah. think of the rim of a coffee cup or something. So, because you'll hear rim a lot during these stories. So he's at the rim of the lake. He was disappointed at first because he felt like that he had obviously went the wrong way because he's out of room. He mm-hmm. can't go any further. Yeah. So he hurried back to the camp to see if anybody else had had any luck. When he got back to the fork and road, there was a man named John Wesley Hillman. He had went left and he comes riding up and he's waving and flailing his arms and you know, all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe he's found something. Well he did find something. He found a small cabin that was they said it was in shambles, but he found a small cabin behind the stream coming from Shallow Canyon. So these two are like, Okay, let's let's go get it, you know, because they think this is the shack where the gold is. Yeah. So, they're galloping through the forest when Hillman's horse lost his footing on the rock and tumbled off the edge of the canyon, killing Hillman and his horse on impact.
1: Oh, horsey.
0: When Hillman died, he took the whereabouts of the cabin with
1: him. Oh, dang.
0: So, shouldn't be an issue because, hell, he found it, so they'll just go over there and find it again. Right. Despite their best efforts, Skeeter and the team could not ever locate the You're cabin <laughs> near the creek so they got really low on supplies and they ended up having to head home and all they found was a lake but to this day no one has ever found that cabin again
1: that is bizarre how frustrating for them too
0: right so set them up definitely wasn't going to be the last person to disappear in this area trust me Here's a few of the quickies on what's happening. February 1911, there was a photographer from Oregon City. His name was B.B. Bukowski. He wanted to take some cool winter pictures of the lake. Because you can imagine how beautiful oh, this is yeah, in the wintertime. Sure. He got there no issue at all. He set up his camp. He even built a snow cave for emergencies. And he even stocked it with food. So he uh-huh. was set up. I guess the snow cave is kind of like an igloo, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: He took lots of pictures and just vanished. There were some massive blizzards that apparently hit Crater Lake at, a, at right around that time. They recovered Bukowski's sled and a shovel about a mile and a half from the rim, but there was no trace of his body ever. To this day, it's not been found. That was 1911.
1: How does that happen?
0: <laughs> well, it gets a lot stranger, trust me.
1: It's too bad his camera wasn't left behind somehow. Well, they, they found his camera. Oh, they did? Yeah.
0: That's how they knew he finished his pictures and stuff. Oh. So why would he leave the safety of his camp in the middle of a blizzard? And because he had supplies and stuff. They found everything fully stocked. And the other question was, how was he able to get so far out of the search radius in a blizzard? Is still unexplained today. I mean, he's a, a mile and a half away in a blizzard in rough conditions.
1: Maybe a bear ate him. (laughs) <laughs> and there was no evidence
0: <laughs> maybe so later that same year a visitor said that a native american guides will take you to that point near the rim and then they will wait for you with their backs turned to the mountain so maybe what? they know something that latowski didn't know
1: but why would people go back there then if they know the guides are not even gonna go near that
0: well because most people assume that the native americans are just full of folklore and stuff like that and you can't you know that's just what their strange beliefs are doesn't but there's no factual reasons behind that Mm -hmm.
1: i just think that's so weird i think that's the weirdest thing that people just disappear off the face of the earth and you never ever see them again that is bizarre well
0: oddly enough that brings us to the most bizarre missing person case oh in 1975 there's another photographer Charles McCuller, he also disappeared, uh, disappeared during harsh February storms. Even with help from the FBI and Charles's father, who put everything he had into this, no trace was found. So a year later, in 1976, two hikers saw what they thought was a skeleton down in Box Canyon. Mm-hmm. This is like a really remote area of the park, so like nobody goes down there. This was more than 12 miles from where Charles had been taking pictures along the route. Mm-hmm. Now, during the time of his disappearance, 12-foot snow drifts had piled up, and they said that there was 102 inches of fresh snowfall had fell in the park during this little bit of time.
1: 102 inches.
0: So for any person, especially one that was ill-equipped to make uh, make it because he didn't have the equipment, snowshoes, nothing mm-hmm. like that, to end up 12 miles away it was just unfathomable. Yeah. So keep that in mind because it's going to get a little bit more weird. So the hikers that thought they saw, you know, the skeleton, they go down there and they found a backpack. And they go ahead and they bring this backpack. It's all tattered and everything. And it's got some, you know, a few other items besides that. They take it up to the ranger station. The rangers went through the, the stuff and they found a Volkswagen key that immediately told them that it belonged to Charles. Oh. So now they know this was his That was bag. him. So they got on some horses and they rode down to the canyon. They definitely didn't expect what they found. It was so surreal that the ranger who's got thirty years experience said it was the strangest thing he had ever seen. What? It appeared as if Charles, and this was his words, had melted right into his jeans while sitting on a log.
1: Melted?
0: Think How about do do it. that. I, well I'm gonna paint this picture for you and you'll see what he's saying. It's not that he really melted, it's just what we got, think about this. You got a pair of jeans on a log. Now, keep in mind also, these jeans, after a year, were in near perfect condition. So, you got a pair of jeans. There was a pair of socks up in the pants legs, mm-hmm. as if.
1: Like he, yeah. Yeah,
0: like. Like they it, were still wearing them. Like he was still wearing them. Inside the socks, there was some toe bones and a little bit of. Uh, splintered shin bone.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: The rest of Charles was gone. So you got a pair of pants sitting there with the socks still in there, toe bones, and a little bit of shin, and that's it.
1: No shirt or anything?
0: Nothing. They did eventually, about 12 feet away, find uh, a few small bone fragments and the crown of his skull. But that's it. That was all they ever found of Charles McKillor. So to add more weirdness... Charles's jeans, like I said, was unbuttoned, and his belt was undone. So no shirt or coat was ever found. And the strangest part is, his boots were never found. Why is that so strange? Because rangers say they always find the boots. They're essential for being out, you know, traveling well, yeah. through the woods. Animals don't take them. And they last for about a century. Because they just don't, wear, you know, yeah. waste away out there. So to this day... They've never found it. So here's the mystery. How did Charles navigate 12 miles in eight and a half feet of snow without proper clothes or equipment? Why did he undress himself? Where's the rest of his his remains?
1: I think the aliens got him. <laughs> what do you think?
0: I mean, you never know. I have no idea. It reminds me a lot of uh, Dathlog Pass. When we did that story and people were, you know, they left the comfort of their tent was out in a blizzard and they had their shoes off and all that. Now, some people will say that when you get hypothermia, that you get uh, really hot. You get delirious and you get really hot and you'll think you're hot when you're really freezing Mm -hmm. and you'll take clothes off trying to. So maybe that's what happened there, but that still doesn't explain Why his bottom half.
1: Yeah, his toes and stuff. I mean, everything was there.
0: Why was his jeans in perfect shape? How would an animal been able to get all that stuff away? But his socks and stuff still remain in his How was that even possible?
1: It's got to be an alien. It has to be. They zapped him up and down.
0: So these stories are strange enough. But when you put it with all the rest of the stories of the lake, it takes on a whole new mysterious feel. So here's a list from the park's website of some stuff that I looked up. October 1991, Glenn Allen Mackey. His car was found in the parking lot. It had just started snowing, so it hadn't been snowing Get for up, long. Yeah. Uh-huh. They found his keys, his driver's license, his passport, and cash. No trace of him was ever found. That was 1991.
1: Oh my gosh, that was not long ago. February
0: 1975, National Guard conducted a massive ground and air search for a missing Cessna 182 plane. That disappeared with three members on board. Nothing was found until 1982. When what they, they, found? they found the crash site and the three skeletons, but it took. But that's another plane crash that happened over the site. In March 28th of 1971, a guy named uh, Nick Carlino, he went and got him some snowshoes and stuff. They were staying there because there's like a resort there, mm-hmm. and he decided to go out and he was going to use the snowshoes and look around a little bit. His German shepherd that he was with came back. To the cafeteria without him. So the wife got, you know, startled, obviously, and she got a, a search party. They went out and they found tracks that led straight to the edge and then just oh, the disappeared. Lake? So nobody ever found him. Oh. Summer 1956, another photographer fell to his death. So that's three photographers just in the store that's already died. Yeah. Out there. December 2nd, 1945, seven planes left Redding, California, heading towards Washington. As their formation reached some clouds right near the park, a plane disappeared. An official investigation in 1970. That's when they found... Keep in mind, this was, what, 1945. They found the pilot in 1970 of this plane. In the plane? Well, (laughs) this happened... Because there was a gentleman that was back there hiking, right? And he was sitting on a log. And he was like, man, I don't know which direction to really go. So he was thinking about it. Oh, my And he gosh. said he felt like something was watching him. So he starts kind of just scanning the tree line, looking around. Mm-hmm. And then he looks and he sees a skull staring at him from underneath a log.
1: Oh. And it
0: turns out that was the pilot.
1: Wow.
0: So we're going to end on one of the really strange stories.
1: I don't want to go hiking tomorrow.
0: But <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to this lake, so I'm going to end one. Of the, one of the, I'm going to save the best story, or at least my favorite. I'm not going to say it's the best. Everybody probably have a different opinion, but it, my favorite one we're going to save for last. So first, remember we were talking about the park ranger from earlier, Jan Kerwin, who saw the ten people mm-hmm. and the fire it disappeared. She calls Crater Crater Lake Ghost and Goblin Park. From the old Native American legends to modern tales, there's definitely a unique feeling to this place. Remember him, and we talked about him, the guy that fell off the bluff with his horse. He supposedly was greeted by a solid white deer with pink eyes as he was explored in the area. That was one of the things he told uh, the other guy.
1: Oh, I'd love to see that.
0: So let's talk more about Kerwin's story. So she was patrolling the road that night. She spotted 10 people around a roaring fire. They were camping illegally in the forest, far from the designated campground. So they got a yeah. campground for this, and they were just out in the woods, but you can't do that. She parked her car. She entered the woods. When she got there, there was nothing. No people, no fire, no scorched ground, no smell in the air, nothing. She was distressed and a little pissed off at, the, at these people just being as careless as they were. And She's still not thinking anything about it. So she stands behind a tree, and she calls for backup. Another ranger shows up. They search the whole area, no sight of anything. So then they go back to their station, I guess. Her and her partner, they're talking to the other rangers, and they tell them about what happened, what their experience was. They learned that the site that where she saw this, mm-hmm. where this phantom campfire was, was the former site of the old Park Service campground. Oh, they called it Cold Spring. And before Crater Lake, this was a, you know, Crater Lake was a, was a state park. They had the Klamath tribe, what we talked about earlier. They would use it for temporary hunting and for berry picking camp. So the reality of it is probably what she saw was some type of remnants of the yeah. Klamath tram.
1: Oh. Man, I don't like the woods. I just don't.
0: <laughs> so here's a cool story, too. This one I, I found unique. Not really scary, but unique. This is a story of the old man, and we've got a picture of this, too. Now, the old man isn't a man at all. It's a mountain hemlock, which is a pine tree. Mm-hmm. It's 35 feet tall, and it floats straight up and down in the water. What do you mean? You know how you would only see a log in the water long ways floating on top? Yeah. No, this one's straight up and down, like a fishing bobber. Uh-huh. It can travel as much as four miles in a day. What's more amazing? It's been there for over 100 years. It's been there since 1896, at least. It's grayish white, and it's almost like bones bobbing in and out of the water. So Ranger, Ranger Grimes, who's one of the rangers up there... People ask him, you know, well, how come you don't get out and stand on it to take pictures and stuff like that? And he said, because we don't mess with the old man.
1: I'd be like, hell no. In
0: 1988, there was, I guess, a submarine exploratory group out there, a bunch of scientists and stuff like that. And they were afraid this thing might do some damage to the ship because it just floats around. Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess you can always see the top of it, though, Right. right?
0: Yeah. So as soon as they started... um. They decided to tie it up and they were going to pull it to shore. And as soon as they got it all tied up, it's the weather just turned really ugly. Ugh. I mean, it got wind was blowing the the water became white caps and stuff. It was getting so rough. and they decided to just let it go. and they unhooked it and they said within a few minutes, the weather completely cleared up And <sighs> when you talk to the Rangers, they basically say that the old man has taken a beating over the years. They said it used to stick out of the water about four feet. Now it's only sticking out about three feet.
1: Yeah. So I wonder, her, I mean, so it's not really connected to the bottom of the lake. No, it's it just, just floats around. around. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's, the reason it's not decaying is because the water stays so cold.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, that's all we But have it to
1: always know. just stands erect. It don't just fall over or anything. Yep. com.
0: Oh, um, good
1: grief. That's so cool, though.
0: So then. Why got, didn't
1: anybody ever take it out? I wonder if anybody's ever tried to remove well
0: they, it. I just told you what happened when they tried to remove well, it.
1: Well, that's true, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know why over the years somebody hadn't, mm-hmm. would, wouldn't have just tried to take it out. It, well, it makes, now
1: it's just a part of it. It probably would be terrible not to have it in there.
0: So here's the story I saved July 4th, 1947. Mr. and Mrs. Cornelius, by all accounts, a very happy couple, they went to go on a hike and they were having a great time. At one point, though, during the hike, the man just stopped. Stopped in his tracks. She said he had a very blank look on his face. And then he suddenly just hands his wife his wallet and jumps off the cliff into towards the lake. He tried to jump into the lake. The fall only broke his leg, so he crawled to the lake and drowned himself.
1: What the crap? What There's, was she just sitting there watching him?
0: She was lost she said they were completely happy there was nothing good they were having a great time it just instantly just like something captivated him and he just oh
1: wow that's horrifying for her now there's
0: another version of the story i mean it's basically the same but instead of him jumping off a cliff it says that he sat on a snowshoot that was near the old lake uh the old lake trail and he slid to the lake in an attempt to commit suicide and but she said she was in total shock that something just happened and it made no sense to her at all. So the unusual amount of strange suicides in this place is way up. Because a lot of times people that commit suicide, there's some kind of inkling that something's wrong. Or mm-hmm. But these people, most of the ones that commit suicide in this park, seem to generally be happy. Not just, you know, I just didn't see that happen. They're just literally happy people. And the other thing is the lack of suicide notes here. You know, a lot of people, when they do commit suicide, not everybody, but a lot of people do leave a note behind. And apparently the majority of people here that commit suicide, they're a lot like that where something weird just happened and it just doesn't make sense to anybody and there's never a note.
1: See, then there's there's a crack in the seam. It's, Could not, be. it's not completely closed off because if that was the case, that would not be happening.
0: So I don't know. It's it's just a, definitely a uh, a weird setup oh out there. Gosh. Where
1: can you imagine though? Just I mean, just walking along the dang path, and then you just do something like that. What in the world?
0: It's so random.
1: I mean, she had to. be... I mean, I'm like saying, why didn't she try to stop him? But I mean, she had to be so shocked. Well, that she what she had the no? Hell? Yeah, she
0: had no clue going to do because by all accounts, I mean, it was literally just. They were close, I think, already to the edge. And he just turned to her hand his wallet and went and jumped. So.
1: That is so weird. Aww. I don't know. Wow. That's, that's really crazy.
0: So guys, we're coming upon the end of the show. I want to give some really quick iTunes thank yous because you guys left some reviews. And once again, that helps more than you will ever realize the show. So we got Alina 315, T.M. Walsh, Vlad two ten, Jeffrey Vega. Norm is eighty one. Probably not. He's probably not eighty one. No. M Worley. B Bracken fourteen. Ryan Fletch. Chris Lowell thirty six. Hot log. Is that right? Or is it hot low nine? No,
1: it's hot l o nine. Oh, hot low nine. Log. It does look like log. It does,
0: what you're writing. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the Patreons about- this week, like I said, we had a we had an awesome month. Thank you guys so much. Yes, Can't tell you. Thank you all much. so much. Karen Burroughs. Heather, Heather, I, I can't tell if this is math or math. I know we talked to you a little bit earlier. You had some very super nice things to say about us, so um, thank you so much for that. Jessica Umberhant, Karen Ashley, John Applegate, Sheila Perkins, and Carrie Palmer. Thank you guys so much. We greatly appreciate everything you've done. Uh, of course, we've got Laura, and Laura, I'm probably going to butcher your name, too. It looks, like, it looks like Laura Matchkey, Ken Milligan, and Raymond Garcia. So thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. We love you and we'll be hearing you and seeing you all in the shorts.
1: Yeah, thank you guys. We appreciate you so much and we hope you have a blessed week.
0: Hey, Hillbillies, if you guys enjoy what we do here on the show every week and appreciate all the hard work we put into it, consider being one of our Patreon supporters. All you got to do is go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, click on the tab for donations and you'll see the Patreon link right there click on it and you can go to our patreon page then you will have a decision to make you can choose the one dollar the three dollar the five dollar or the ten dollar donation each one gets you different things a month but regardless you get some free stuff just check out the bonuses under each tier and you'll see what you get for free for that month but you'll get something free regardless Also, if you'd like to buy any Hillbilly Horror Story merch, you're also in the right place on the website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Just click on the store page and see whatever it is that you like. Click on a few links, send a little bit of money, and your item will be on its way. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. We love you, we thank you, and we appreciate you.